Independent Productions proudly presents Richard II, written by William Shakespeare. Act One. Ah, old John of Gaunt, time-honored Lancaster. Hast thou, according to thy oath and band, brought hither Henry Hereford, thy bold son, here to make good the boisterous late appeal, which then our pleasure would not let us hear, against the Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Mowbray? I have, my liege. Tell me, moreover, hast thou sounded him, if he appealed the Duke on ancient malice, or, worthily as a good subject should, on some known ground of treachery in him? As near as I could sift him on that argument, on some apparent danger, seen in him aimed at your highness. No inveterate malice. Then call them to our presence. Face to face and frowning brow to brow, ourselves will hear the accuser and the accused freely speak. High-stomached are they both, and full of ire, in rage deaf as the sea, hasty as fire. Many years of happy days befall my gracious sovereign, my most loving liege. Each day still better others happiness. Until the heavens, envying earth's good app, add an immortal title to your crown. We thank you both. Yet one but flatters us. As well appeareth by the cause you come. Namely to appeal each other of high treason. Cousin Hereford, what dost thou object against the Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Mowbray? First, heaven be the record to my speech, in the devotion of a subject's love, tendering the precious safety of my prince and free from other misbegotten hate, come I appellant to this princely presence. Now, Thomas Mowbray, do I turn to thee, and mark my greeting well, for what I speak my body shall make good upon this earth, or my divine soul answer it in heaven. Thou art a traitor and a miscreant, too good to be so and too bad to live, since the more fair and crystal is the sky, the uglier seem the clouds that in it fly. Once more, the more to aggravate the note, with a foul traitor's name, stuff I thy throat, and wish, so please my sovereign, ere I move, what my tongue speaks my right-drawn sword may prove. Let not my cold words here accuse my zeal. Tis not the trial of a, of a woman's war. The bitter clamour of two eager tongues can arbitrate discourse betwixt us twain. The blood is hot. It must be cooled for this. Yet can I not of such tame patience boast as to be hushed and, and not at all to say? First, the fair reverence of your highness curbs me from giving reins and spurs to my free speech, which else would post until it had returned these terms of treason doubled down his throat, setting aside his eye blood's royalty. And let him be no kinsman to my liege, I do defy him, and I spit at him. Call him a slanderous coward, and a villain. Which to maintain, I would allow him odds, and meet him were I tired to run afoot even to the frozen ridges of the Alps, or any other ground inhabitable, wherever Englishman durst set his foot. Pale, trembling coward! 
There I throw my gauge, disclaiming here the kindred of the king, and lay aside my high blood's royalty, which fear, not reverence, makes thee to accept. If guilty dread have left thee so much strength as to take up mine honor's pawn, then stoop. By that and all the rights of knighthood else will I make good against thee, arm to arm what I have spoke, or thou canst worse devise. I'll take it up. And by that sword I swear, which gently laid my knighthood on my shoulder, I'll answer thee in any fair degree or chivalrous design of knightly trial. And when I mount, alive may I not light if I be traitor or unjustly fight. What doth our cousin lay to Mowbray's charge? It must be great that can inherit us so much as of a thought avail in him. Look what I speak, my life shall prove it true, that Mowbray hath received eight thousand nobles in name of lendings for your highness soldiers, the which he hath detained for lewd employments like a false traitor and injurious villain. Besides, I say and will in battle prove, or here or elsewhere, to the furthest verge that ever was surveyed by English eye, that all the treasons for these eighteen years, complotted and contrived in this land, fetch from false Mowbray their first head and spring. Further, I say, and further will maintain, upon his bad life to make all this good, that he did plot the Duke of Gloucester's death, suggest his soon-believing adversaries and con- Consequently, like a traitor coward, sluiced out his innocent soul through streams of blood, which blood, like sacrificing Abel's cries, even from the tongueless caverns of the earth, to me for justice and rough chastisement, and by the glorious worth of my descent, this arm shall do it, or this life be spent." How high a pitch his resolution soars. Thomas of Norfolk, what sayest thou to this? I'll let my sovereign turn away his face, and bid his ears a little while be deaf, till I have told this slander of his blood how God and good men hate so foul a liar. Mowbray, impartial are our eyes and ears. Were he my brother, nay, my kingdom's heir, as he is but my father's brother's son, now by my scepter's awe I make a vow. Such neighbor nearness to our sacred blood should nothing privilege him, nor partialize the unstooping firmness of my upright soul. He is our subject, Mowbray. So art thou. Free speech and fearless I to thee allow. Then, Bowling broke as low as do thy art through the false passage of thy throat, thou liest. Three pots of that receipt I had for Calais dispersed I duly to his highness's soldiers. The other part reserved I by consent, for that my sovereign liege was in my debt upon remainder of a dear account. Since last I went to France to fetch his queen. Now swallow down that lie. For Gloucester's death I slew him not, but to my own disgrace, neglected my sworn duty in that case, for you, my noble lord of Lancaster, the honourable father to my foe, once did I lay an ambush for your life, a trespass that doth vex my grieved soul. But ere I last received the sacrament, I did confess it, and exactly begged your grace's pardon. 
and I hope I did. This is my fault. As for the rest, appealed, it issues from the rancour of a villain, a recreant, a most degenerate traitor, which in myself I boldly will defend, and interchangeably hurl down my gauge upon his overweening traitor's foot to prove myself a loyal gentleman, even in the best blood chambered in his bosom. In haste whereof, most heartily I pray your highness to assign our trial day. Wrath-kindled gentlemen be ruled by me. Let's purge this collar without letting blood. This we prescribe though no physician. Deep malice makes too deep incision. Forget, forgive, conclude and be agreed. Our doctors say this is no month to bleed. Good uncle, let this end where it begun. We'll calm the Duke of Norfolk, you, your son. To be a make peace shall become my age. Throw down my son, the Duke of Norfolk's gauge. And Norfolk throw down his. When, Harry, when? Obedience bids I should not bid again. Norfolk, throw down, we bid. There is no boot. Myself I throw, dread sovereign, at thy foot. My life thou shalt command, but not my shame. The one my duty owes. For my fair name... Despite of death that lives upon my grave, to dark dishonour's use thou shalt not have. I'm disgraced, impeached and baffled here, pierced to the soul with slander's venom spear, the which no balm can cure, but is art blood which breathe this poison. Rage must be withstood. Give me his gauge. Lions make leopards tame. Yea, but not change his spots. Take but my shame, and I resign my gauge. My dear, dear lord, the purest treasure mortal times afford is spotless reputation. That away, men are but gilded loam or painted clay. A jewel in a ten times barred up chest is a bold spirit in a, in a loyal breast. Mine honour is my life. Both grow in one. Take honour from me and my life is done. Then, dear my liege, mine honour let me try. In that I live and for that will I die. Cousin, throw up your gauge. Do you begin? Oh, God, defend my soul from such deep sin. Shall I seem crestfallen in my father's sight, or with pale beggar fear impeach my height before this out-there dastard? Ere my tongue shall wound my honor with such feeble wrong, or sound so base a parl, my teeth shall tear the slavish motive of recanting fear, and spit it bleeding in his high disgrace, where shame doth harbor, even in Mowbray's face. We were not born to sue, but to command. Which, since we cannot do to make you friends, be ready as your lives shall answer it at Coventry upon St. Lambert's Day. There shall your swords and lances arbitrate the swelling difference of your settled hate. Since we cannot atone you, we shall see justice design the victor's chivalry. Lady Marshal, command our officers at arms, be ready to direct these home alarms. A 
Alas, the part I had in Woodstock's blood doth more solicit me than your exclaims to stare against the butchers of his life. But since correction lieth in those hands which made the fault that we cannot correct, put we our quarrel to the will of heaven, who, when they see the hours ripe on earth, will rain hot vengeance on offenders' heads. Finds brotherhood in thee no sharper spur? Hath love in thy old blood no living fire? Edward's seven sons, whereof thyself art one, were as seven vials of his sacred blood, or seven fair branches springing from one root. Some of those seven are dried by nature's course, some of those branches by the destinies cut. But Thomas, my dear lord, my life, my Gloucester, one vial full of Edward's sacred blood, one flourishing branch of his most royal root, is cracked and all the precious liquor spilt, is hacked down and his summer leaves all faded by envy's hand and murder's bloody axe. Ah, oh, Gaunt, his blood was thine, that bed, that womb, that metal, that self-mold that fashioned thee made him a man. And though thou livest and breathest, yet art thou slain in him. Thou dost consent in some large measure to thy father's death, in that thou seest thy wretched brother die who was the model of thy father's life. Call it not patience, Gaunt, it is despair. In suffering thus thy brother to be slaughtered, thou showest the naked pathway to thy life teaching stern murder how to butcher thee. That which in mean men we entitle patience is pale, cold cowardice in noble breasts. What shall I say? To safeguard thine own life, the best way is to venge my Gloucester's death. God's is the quarrel. For God's substitute, his deputy anointed in his sight, hath caused his death which if wrongfully let heaven revenge, for I may never lift an angry arm against his minister. Where then, alas, may I complain myself? To God, the widow's champion in defense. Why then I will. Farewell, old Gaunt. Thou goest to Coventry, there to behold our cousin Hereford and fell Mowbray fight. O oh, sit my husband's wrongs on Hereford's spear, that it may enter butcher Mowbray's breast. Or, if misfortune miss the first career, be Mowbray's sins so heavy in his bosom, they may break his foaming courser's back and throw the rider headlong in the lists. A caitiff recreant to my cousin Hereford. Farewell, old Gaunt. Thy sometimes brother's wife, with her companion grief, must end her life. Sister, farewell. I must to Coventry. As much good stay with thee as go with me. Yet one word more. Grief boundeth where it falls, not with the empty hollowness but wait. I take my leave before I have begun, for sorrow ends not when it seemeth done. Commend me to thy brother Edmund York. Lo, this is all. Nay, yet depart not so. Though this be all, do not so quickly go. I shall remember more. Bid him, ah, what? With all good speed, at Plashy, visit me. Alack, and what shall good old York there see but empty lodgings and unfurnished walls, 
unpeopled offices, untrodden stones. And what here therefore welcome but my groans? Therefore commend me, let him not come there, to seek out sorrow that dwells everywhere. Desolate, desolate, will I hence and die. The last leave of thee takes my weeping eye. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show. Richard II, Act 1, Part 1. Featuring the voice talents of Jose Donado as King Richard II, Jason R. Wallace as Thomas Mowbray, Duke of Norfolk, Edward Herman as John of Gaunt, Christopher Gilstrap as Henry Bolingbroke, and Laura Bramblett as the Duchess of Gloucester, Written by William Shakespeare. Adapted for audio by Landon Bell. Directed by George Linfield. Assistant Director, Joel Rowan. Music by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2018 Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Marshall, demand of yonder champion the cause of his arrival here in arms. Next time, on The Pendant Shakespeare. My name is Thomas Mowbray, Duke of Norfolk, who either come engaged by my oath, which God defend a knight should violate. Harry of Hereford, Lancaster, and Derby am I, who ready here do stand in arms. On pain of death, no person be so bold or daring hardy as to touch the lists except the marshal and such officers appointed to direct these fair designs. Mine innocency and St. George to thrive. Sound trumpets and set forward combatants. Coventry takes stage in Richard II, Act 1, Part 2, presented by the Wild Bill Variety Show. All places that the eye of heaven visits are to a wise man ports and happy havens. Listen or catch up anytime on desktop or mobile at PendantAudio.com.